You know, I've always wanted to make a movie about the pinball industry, and I wanted something that was dramatic, something that would captivate an audience. And I thought, no better subject to do a pinball movie around than the playfield quality issues that will not go away. And what better people to put in this movie than Mirko and Leonard Abbas over at Jersey Jack Pinball? Because we know that these two men must be having heated conversations about what the solution is. Now, if this movie were made, this would be the trailer for this movie. In the fiery conflict of two strong-willed men, as they forged an artistic miracle. I will not obey you! Will not! Did I hear you correctly? Will not! Yes! I'll destroy it first with my own hands. All right, so maybe Mirko's not going to destroy all the playfields with his own hands, but I have a little bit of news that I heard from somebody that's pretty reliable that I want to share with you. And then I want to try to do something. I want to try to actually get to what I think is the source of the issues with these games. And I did a little research. I did a little digging. I did a lot of reading of a lot of threads that were throughout Pinside over the years. And I have a, a summary of my findings. And I want to deliver to you on this episode of Canada's Pinball Podcast. Because it's kind of funny. Like you're now turning to this podcast to actually learn something. And are you seeing all the other drama going on with other pinball content creators? We're not doing any of that right now. We are going to give you what I think is happening with these play fields. And it's crazy because the answer has been staring us in the face all along. And it's right there. It's right there. And I think what happens is because some of these changes have happened gradually over time, that if you actually go back and try to understand why we are now suffering so many bad play field quality issues, the answers are staring us in the face, okay? Okay, so let me start with the bad news. It's always good to start with the bad news, isn't it? So the bad news I hear is this. The bad news is there was a poll put up on Pinside about whether or not you are having issues with your Guns N' Roses playfields. Now, this is a really important thread, and Dante's Mark put it up. And it is very simply three questions. Is your playfield great? No issues whatsoever. There's 40 votes for that. Is your playfield having any chipping or missing artwork? There are 27 votes for that. And is there any pooling on your playfield? And there's 18 votes for that. So roughly right now, it's about a 50-50 split of 50% of the games are good. 50% of the games are having issues. Now, this is not a controlled survey. There are people who are apparently voting in this thread who do not have a Guns N' Roses. And I implore all of you out there, do not hijack and troll this thread. This is probably the most important thread right now for people who are in on a Guns N' Roses because they get to see whether or not the problems are pretty widespread. Now, these numbers are, are somewhat troublesome if they're accurate. 50% of the playfields are having issues. So the bad news is this. I heard that a lot of playfields, not just a little, a lot of playfields have already made their way over from Mirko playfields in Germany to Chicago to go into games. So I heard a huge container already has arrived, and that is what they are making these games with. And another large container is on its way as well. And so all of the playfields, I think for many, many games to come, have already been made by Mirko. So there is no new process coming. 
There is no new formula. There is no such thing as a spectrum Mirko process that's going to get turned on miraculously midway through the run of this game. So that is what I'm hearing that if this process is leading to these issues and many, many play fields are now already at Jersey Jack Pinball or on their way to Jersey Jack Pinball, that is going to land as bad news for so many people out there because they're not going to be confident if the numbers are even close to where this poll is indicating. Nobody's going to be super confident that the game they unbox is going to not have issues. And I keep seeing people say this, like, just wait. That is a definite option. But also what sucks about pinball is we really can't unbox a game walk around it before we buy it like that's just not an option in pinball right it's not like you go to a car dealership and there's a bunch of cars on the lot and you can walk around the car you're gonna buy and you can see that there's no blemishes there's no scrapes there's no dents and then you say this is the car i want this is the car i go home with we're not fortunate enough to have that right we we basically don't know what's inside the box no one's gonna open up and unbox games for you before you make up your mind on the game especially not if you're getting a collector's edition and especially not if you're getting one of these early le's now we did hear news today because people were asking on the jersey jack thread whether or not the collector's editions are on the line next and we have confirmation that they are not the next games on the line more le's are going to be built before we get to collector's editions now that shows me that Jersey Jack still quite hasn't figured out what Stern knows how to do, which is get the highest paying customers their games quickly. They're now going to do more LEs. So when will the CEs go on the line? Now, I think for some of you CE guys out there, and I'm one of them, a lot of you are thinking, well, like, take your time. Like, make sure these games are perfect. Make sure these play fields are perfect. I'm here to tell you, I think that our CE play fields have already been made. I think they are already in-house or on their way. I don't think the feedback they've gotten so far will impact the quality of the collector's edition playfields. Now let that sink in for a minute. Potentially the most expensive new inbox pinball machine you can buy in the world right now, you are probably not feeling super confident that the quality is there. Now they are definitely, Jersey Jack is definitely working at figuring out how can we screw these things together, knowing what we have. How can we screw these things together for customers in a way that's going to hopefully mitigate and alleviate any of these issues we're seeing. And first and foremost, you know they are trying to figure out how do we prevent any of these games from chipping and the artwork from being removed from the game. Like that's that's the biggest culprit. And pooling, does pooling lead to that? How do we prevent pooling? Like will washers under the post prevent it? We've all seen games where the washers will still sink into the clear coat if that's the issue, okay? So that is where things currently stand. Most of the play fields in a few hundred games have probably already been made. That is where it's at. And you know me, I'm like, if there's a process for making these things, and so many of them are having issues, I, I still don't know how you feel good about knowing what you're going to get out of the box. Okay, so we all know this, right? I've been beating this drum for a while. Now, now that leads me to what I've been doing over the last sort of 24 to 48 hours is just asking, why is this happening? Why is all of a sudden 
we are seeing games in which the artwork is lifting off of the game. And so is it the clear coat? Is it the artwork? What is the issue? Why all of a sudden are we seeing this? Now, it's not all of a sudden for every manufacturer. We're not seeing these issues with Spooky Pinball right now. We're not seeing these issues with Chicago Gaming Company right now. We're not seeing these issues with American Pinball right now. It is really affecting Stern Pinball and Jersey Jack Pinball the most, but it is primarily, primarily affecting Jersey Jack Pinball. And we've seen these issues on Jersey Jack games all the way from the beginning, from Wizard of Oz. We didn't see it on The Hobbit, but then we saw it again with Dialed In. But we really saw it badly on Pirates of the Caribbean and on Willy Wonka and now on Guns N' Roses. So, and we know Mirko has been supplying the playfield. So the big question is this, is it the clear coat or is it the artwork and the process by which the artwork is applied to these games? And Canada is here to tell you, my prediction after reading everything I've read is I am here to tell you, I think this is an issue that is related to how the artwork is put onto the wood. The process by which the art is being applied to this wood is different over the last few years than it has been throughout pinball. And there's two ways to do it. There is silk screening and there is digital printing. And I'm here to tell you right now, I think the digital printing of the artwork onto the wood is the issue we're all facing right now in pinball. And I want to show a few examples of why I think that's the case. So here's where my research begins. On June 29th of 2018, a company announced their new business model for printing playfields. It was CPR who makes reproduction playfields. And when they announced that they were going from silk screening to digital printing with their new digital suite, they got, ready for it, they got 238 upvotes and zero downvotes. And of course, because they did a whole write-up about how switching over to this digital process was going to be so beneficial to the pinball community. And I'll summarize why it was gonna be so beneficial because the process of silk screening takes much longer and it requires you to do large batches of playfields at once. And this company would do a game one at a time. So for example, they would make reproduction Adams Family playfields. And the way you have to do that with silk screening is each color is laid down one at a time. And so if you are gonna do all that work to redo a playfield and silk screen it like that, you need to do it in large batches. It only makes sense because you have to do one color at a time, let it dry, then do the next color. And that's why when they would do their playfields, they would only sell one game at a time. So right now the game we're making is Adam's Family and we're gonna sell this title until it sells out and then we're gonna move on to another title. Now with digital printing, you can be much more nimble because you're using a digital ink printer to print the play fields and you can literally just do one at a time of all different titles. So you don't have to do large batches. It can just quickly print one title here. You can do Adam's Family on this print and you can do Toad In on that print and you can do whatever, Twilight Zone over here. So that was such an amazing thing because all of a sudden, you know, people didn't have to wait years or months for CPR to get around to the game they wanted, they could do it much faster. So that was great news to the pinball community when this was announced. Now, it's an amazing thread. I highly recommend you read this thread because within this thread, CPR 
and Mirko are battling it out. Like they're talking such trash to each other. The thread title is CPR Begins Its New Business Model. There is a great section in this thread where Kevin over at CPR explains the pros and cons of silk screening and digital printing. And when you hear this and you realize the pros and cons and why you would go digital versus silk screening, I think you're gonna walk away like I did and say to yourself, if you're making one game like Guns N' Roses and you're Mirko and you wanna make the best quality Guns N' Roses playfield there is, that you should do this with silkscreen because of what we're about to hear right now. All right, so I'm gonna read this word for word because I think the answer lies right here. So digital has advantages, silkscreening has advantages, both have inherent disadvantages. Here's how. Silkscreening advantages, no color limitations. Any and all spot colors can be mixed, huge gamut metallics, even fluorescence and hot brights. Silk screening disadvantages. Printing is long, messy, and time consuming. One color at a time. With all those daily press setups, runs, teardowns, with drying time in between. Your job has to be batched and done at once kind of a one-time deal. Thus you are tied to the economics of minimum run lengths can't do one at a time. I want to stop right there. So it's a disadvantage unless unless you're doing one playfield in a large batch. Is that not exactly what Mirko is doing with Guns N' Roses? They really just need to do large batches of this one game. It then goes on to talk about silk screening quality. Superior in color gamut, but resolution through screen mesh is medium at best, but it's exactly the authentic look and feel of your original playfield. Sometimes prone to little physical blemishes here and there due to the printing process being so physical, thus we had to get into grading each individual playfield for final results. And that's where they would give it a gold, silver, and bronze, depending on how each one turned out. All right, now digital. And digital is what Mirko is using right now, and it's what CPR uses some of the times. Digital advantages, on-demand, one-at-a-time capability, print a complete full-color finished item in one short session, one item, no minimum run length. Digital disadvantages, certain color limitations, you are fixed to the gamut of the printer. There are simply colors that a digital printer cannot hit. Lots of them, but depending on the colors and the artwork at hand, you can usually get most of the colors you want, but only close on others. Digital quality, superior in resolution, three times to 10 times the resolution of silk screening, but not every spot color in Pantone can be exactly hit. No blemishes, no grading, Every playfield is essentially a CPR gold. It then goes on to say, CPR is still committed to genuine silk screening our main line, playfield runs and releases. Those colors have to be fully matched and hit on those mainline products as people expect that. So since those titles and run sizes are big enough to justify a silk screening, they will still be produced that way. Nothing changes in the mainline playfield department. 
Bottom line, we will only digital print playfields if we have to due to economics. Do I need to repeat that line again? They are only going to use the digital printer if economically they need to, but on large runs of games that they want to get spot on accurate, they are going to use the tried and true method of silk screening. And this is in a thread about how they're boasting about their new digital capabilities. They then go on to say the following, and this is where it gets good, people. Are you ready? He writes, since Mirko has openly admitted on this thread, he has all his mainline playfields digital printed and has been for years. If somebody wants to make an A to B comparison to see silkscreen, Versus digital on the same title, somebody needs to lay down a Mirko and CPR Adams family next to each other and compare them. You will see exactly the advantages and disadvantages I outlined above. An easy example would be the hot day glow orange on the Adams family. CPR hits it, Mirko does not. We're not willing to use a reduced color gamut on our main Playfield product lines. CPR will be using digital on Playfields only as a compromise in certain situations where titles we couldn't formally bring to market can't be silkscreen logistically due to small numbers, not main production. We will not abandon genuine silkscreening and its supreme color gamut for our ongoing full-length CPR Playfield releases. Okay, I'm just going to stop there. This is the problem, people. This is what is happening with these games. This is why we are getting Playfield problems. They are using a method that is cheaper, that is faster, that is not as good, it's not as tried and true, and yes, there are some advantages to using digital printing on wood, but the primary advantage is that it's cheaper and faster. It's not better. And clearly, when you digital print onto the wood, it is not adhering as well as the silkscreen process. And we've seen pinball machines using silkscreen and putting artwork underneath posts for years and not having any issues. I'm also hearing that Bader, who makes Rick and Morty's playfields, who also makes CGC's playfields is using silk screening. Now, I'm, I'm not 100% sure on that. I'm sure after this show, they will reach out or someone will tell me I'm right or wrong on that. But what if that's the case? What if we need to stop looking at the clear code and the mixture of the clear code and the curing times and we actually look at what's happening? Why do you think all this stuff is lifting up by those posts? It's the artwork. That's the first thing that this thing is touching. It's the artwork on the wood. It's just not laying down. It's not drying. It's not curing. It's not sticking the way it used to. And that's why it's lifting up. That's why it's pooling when you put the clear coat on top of that ink that's not bonded as well as a silk screened art package. Okay? So there we have it. So there we have it. And so... The other part that we can't forget is that Mirko has been using digital printing since Wizard of Oz, and we continue to see issues with digital printing these games and clear code. And I don't know about you, but 
I've had CPR play fields before. Yes, you're still going to get dimpling as you put layers of clear coat onto your game and dimpling is normal. There is no way to prevent dimpling. It's not dimpling we're talking about. It is the pooling that leads to chipping that's the problem. Now, is the solution to remove the artwork from the post areas? Yes, I think they are doing that with digital printing now and I bet Stern is doing that because if you remove artwork, which is not bonding with that wood from those areas, then yes, the clear coat is touching the wood directly. But it, it seems like when I read what they're saying here, the silk screening is better. But here's the thing. And the thing about silk screening is it takes longer. It costs more. It requires more patience, but it's better quality. And it only makes sense to do it when you're doing large batches of one title. Now you tell me, ladies and gentlemen, who listen to Canada's Pinball Podcast, isn't this what we want for a brand new game from Jersey Jack Pinball? Don't we want the process that's the best? I don't care if it's an older process, if it works better. And don't we want the process that even though it costs more money and takes more time, aren't we spending more money on these games? 9,500 bucks, 12, five? And now we're getting a process that's cheaper and it's of benefit to Mirko, right? It helps Mirko out so he can do runs of Guns N' Roses while he does reproduction runs, while he does other customer orders. It helps him out. But man, maybe whoever's making the Guns N' Roses playfields and has that large order, right? Someone's got to make 5,000 LE playfields for GNR because they're going to sell 5,000. 500 collector's edition playfields. Those are large batches. And we should have the best method in the world to create those playfields. And that is my summary of what's going on. I think this industry went in a direction that saved it money at the cost of quality. And you have to look no further than all these people unboxing their Stern machines and their Jersey Jack machines with issues. And you know that Chuck knows and the people that are not having this issue, you know that they know this. They know the pros and cons of digital versus silk screening. And maybe it's better to do the silk screening, okay? But unfortunately now it's kind of too late. There's no way they're going to change it now. They are in bed with Mirko. That is their vendor. The vendor that makes Charlie's Playfields is Bader, Jeff Bader. Now, Bader, this is a crazy part of history. Bader used to make Jersey Jack Playfields at the very beginning. At the very beginning, Bader made Wizard of Oz Playfields, and so did Mirko. And there was a bad falling out in which Bader sort of was kicked to the curb and they went fully with Mirko. Now, look, there were issues with Wizard of Oz Playfields. Don't get me wrong. There were issues. But clearly, Bader has figured out a process that just works right now. Whatever he's doing with Chuck is working so well. And it is now the envy of every other pinball manufacturer right now. When you look at playfield quality, that is the quality, that is the new standard that everybody wants. And nobody is unboxing a Rick and Morty with their fingers crossed about what's going to slide out of that box. And that's the thing now, is that this hobby... And this industry and where we're at right now with pinball, there's now no room anymore for these weak links. Like we just won't accept it because the games are too much money. You know, I always talk with my good friend, Rare Hero, Mr. Greg Colton. He's like, Chris, when games were $3,000, maybe, 
maybe we'd accept these games sliding out of boxes like this. But 9,000, 9,500, 13,000 with tax, we are not going to accept this stuff. We are not going to accept this stuff. And what sucks is there's nothing we can do. The only thing I can do is this. The only thing I can do as a pinball podcaster, because I love pinball and I want Guns N' Roses and I want my machine to be the best quality it can be. And here's the other part too. All of you who are like, oh, so maybe I'll just send it to high-end pinball or to Cruisemen to just redo the clear. If you believe what I just told you, none of that's going to work. None of that's going to work because if the problem is the way the artwork has been put onto the wood, the clear is not the problem. So none of that would even be impactful. That's not the issue. The issue is the ink. Canada's Pinball Podcast, listen to me right now. The issue is the ink. It's not the clear. And so here we are. All I can do, all I can do is ask every single pinball manufacturer out there, to really look over what you're doing with these play fields. This is the most important thing to get right. It is. It's the most important thing to get right when it comes to keeping these games looking good over time. You can always change the code. I can always put in new mechs if one breaks. I can always change a coil. I can't change the way you made the play field. I can't. For me to do that is above my skill set. It is above 99.9% of people's skill sets. We don't know how to do playfield swaps. We shouldn't have to. We should never have to do a playfield swap. And the other part is this if people get a playfield that's lifting and pulling, if you're just going to send them another playfield for free that is made through the same process, that's not a solution because the same thing will happen again after you go through the playfield swap. Why do we think that that's a solution? Am I the only one who's just like common sense? If this guy made these playfields and it's having these issues, then why, then how is giving me a free version of the problematic thing a solution to that? And I'll say this, look, we all love pinball. None of us don't want to buy Guns N' Roses. It's a masterpiece. None of us don't want to support Jersey Jack pinball. None of us want to see Stern Games with issues. None of us want this. This isn't our fault. These companies got in bed with these playfield manufacturers and they switched over to a process that's not working. But here's where the blame needs to be accepted on their front. They've known about this for years. This isn't news, people. This is a two-year-old thread in which CPR is saying this is a much better process silk screening than digital. We will only do digital when we need to because of uh, fast, low-run printing. But everything else, we're going to use the better process. Why is it two years ago they were saying this? Why is it five years ago, five years ago, you know, Bader leaves and Mirko stays on and we've had all these issues ever since? Why is it that Bader figured it out and we're still having trouble with, with Mirko, right? That's, that's what kills me. It's like so much love and so much passion goes into making these games and designing these games and working with Slash and working with Eric and all the amazing people over at Jersey Jack Pinball. All of that effort, and I hate to say this, all of that effort can come down to a cheap method of making play fields or like a shortcut to save a buck, to save some time, to save some money. But man, you are laying everyone's dreams and everyone's passions 
down with a digital printer. And maybe we need to go back to silk screening, okay? And there's nothing else I can say on this topic. There's nothing else I can say. That's my synopsis of it. I think the changes that have been made over the years have led this hobby, as prices have increased, the methods by which they're making these games have become cheaper. And they've invested in expensive machines that make it cheaper and faster to make these games, but at what cost? At the cost of the quality of these machines and the problems people are staring us in the face. And I'm sorry if this podcast won't go off and talk about 25-page rule sets for Avengers or I won't talk about other things that I just don't care about right now. I just don't care about those other things because to me, this is something that is meaningful, it's important, and we need to focus on this and fix this. Fix this. We need to fix this. And it's crazy because the answers to this problem are the past. Go back and use the methods that work. If you won't do it, we'll find another vendor that will. And that would be my answer if I was running a pinball company right now. Okay, so ladies and gentlemen, I do want to thank Deanna Gerard for donating to Canada's Pinball Podcast. Deanna, thank you so much. I really appreciate the Patreon donation. For those of you out there, If you support me, if you love this show, if you're happy I'm still talking about this topic when nobody else wants to, if you're happy that I'm not jumping into the drama, this is the new Canadian Pinball Podcast. See, I'm not going to soften up my feelings on these issues, but I don't care. I really, I don't care about the drama between pinball content creators. It's the dumbest thing on planet Earth. Nobody cares. Nobody's that special. These games are special. Pinball is special. None of us are special. And these games are amazing, but man, we can make them better. And that's my final closing statement. Make these games better. We're paying so much money. We deserve the best process to get to the best quality goods. You know it, I know it, we know, and I know that when it comes time to vote for the Twippies, Canada's Pinball Podcast, later. (laughs) 